Good morning, everyone. These are my words, but I just pray that you will make them yours as I speak them. So let's pray together. Lord our God, we come to, as we come together this morning, we still our minds and the emotions of the week that have passed, and we focus on you. We need this time for refocusing and rest. We really do. Remind us that this is your world and we are your creatures, greatly loved but also very dependent on your sovereignty. Colossians tells us in him were all things created, things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, rulers or authorities. We thank you for all we enjoy in the creation that we see around us the intricacies of the design of a passion fruit flower and in the grandeur of a mountain range, but especially in the complexities of this group of human beings that we live amongst, we see your amazing design. At times we struggle to comprehend how this plays out in what we see around us both in our immediate and our wider world. And so our thoughts, of course, are drawn to the incredible events of 2020 and the effects of the pandemic, both here but especially overseas. There are so many lives that have been lost, interrupted, confused and forever changed. Europe, UK and USA come to our minds because we see so much in our media and because our French, of our friendships our family and our cultural ties, and so we pray for them. Just take a moment now for pray for people that you know of overseas, perhaps family that you know have been affected. Let's have that moment of quiet. However... We know that in many other countries, they are suffering without the resources that we enjoy. We pray for all, known and unknown. Touch our hearts with concern and guide us in our support of them. As we think of our own country, we realise that we've experienced so much less pain and suffering. We acknowledge the many gifted and committed governmental, professional, health and essential workers who have cared for us both medically and kept our resources flowing. We pray for them, knowing that many now are exhausted and have had their lives severely interrupted as they have served us. We pray for the churches too around us and ask that you empower us together as your wider body to care for and show love and practical concern for others. Thank you that you have placed us right here within a community of diverse professionals for the Belair Primary School and for the teachers too. All of these people have a heart to help others. Let us... Help us as a faith community, though, to find ways of blessing them and being giving something back to them. In our individual lives, remind us that we are the only Bible that some people may ever read. And so our lives 
May they be an example of the care, love and servant heart of Jesus. Today in this place, inspire us, speak to us through each other, through your word and those who lead. We ask all of this in the name of the divine community, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everybody. And good morning to everybody watching online. It's great to be getting back into the year and to together discover what God has got for us in the coming year. But just before I start, I just wanted to give you um, a little word of explanation. (laughs) At the end of the message, we're going to have a meditation from Bev, uh, just a short meditation, and that will be followed by a period of silence for you to just focus on the wonder of God. And then the service will be closed with one more song. So that's just so you know how it will flow at the end. But last week, Mike shared with us about our journey and our destiny of the way to get safely home. And the preparation for that journey and destinations happens in the here and now. And a very important part of that is spending time with God, quality time with him to get to know him because we will, after all, be spending eternity with him. And we probably don't want to say arrive in heaven and say, which one's God? Last week, Mike shared out about our journey and uh, that destiny, and uh, I hope I have a better memory when I get there than I've got now. Time with the Lord is where we feel his love, his peace and his rest, where we feel safe and secure, where we do actually get to know and trust him, and importantly, to hear his thoughts on what is happening in our lives. Life is not so much about doing things for him, but of spending time with him. I don't know about you, but the past six months has been the busiest I've had since I retired eight years ago. And it might be the same for some of you. And uh, time to be with the Lord and be still gets more and more difficult, I think, as the years go by. At the start of a new year, it's often helpful to look at what's happened in the past 12 months and uh, what we would like to be doing in the future. And I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions, uh, but having times of reflection and talking with the Lord about the things that we could do differently, to ask him what he thinks would be the best use of our time in 2021. And it's probably needed even more so now after the impact that COVID has had. And we may even feel that some of our priorities could be revised. We live in a time with a new poverty, a type of poverty, where people are time poor. We're driven all the time and we never seem to have enough time for the really important things. There is always something calling out for our attention. The urgent drowns out the important. And it's the important that I want to talk to you about this morning. In a recent copy of The Australian, Nikki Gemmell had an article that she wrote about this and she said, this was the best year we've had as a family because it was quieter, cosier, stiller. We were rushing about less but living more. Enforced stopping was just the medicine my family needed. It was the year of the circuit breaker as jobs and work locations shifted of not realising how exhausted we were until we stopped. 
in some ways, for many of us, this year felt like a great corrective, nature's corrective. And this is the way many people feel now. But I believe that God has built into us the need to be still, the need to stop for a time when we just shut everything out and to be with him. He is available to us all the time. And Psalm 116, I love, it says, Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. This is so important for us as we go forward into this new year. He formed us and he knows we need stillness for our spiritual, mental, emotional and physical well-being. And more importantly, we need it to be close to him so that we can actually hear him speak to us. We are called human beings, but it seems more often that we are human doings, always doing something for other people or for the Lord. But before we can minister to people, we must minister to God if we are to be effective. It's not about doing things for God, but doing things with him as he reveals his plan to us. Our best service to others will come from time spent with him. If we don't spend quality time with him in his presence, seeking his will and guidance for what he requires of us, our efforts will be in vain. Many people have been so busy doing good that we are kept from his highest purpose for our lives, and that is to love him and enjoy him forever, which is a quote from St Francis of Assisi. And Bev told me it's also in the Anglican Book of Prayer. God never intended for us to be so busy that we don't have time for him. We've been so busy doing the work of the Lord that we have no time for the Lord of the work. As we come to him in stillness, his presence and his love will wash over us as as we sit with God, the Holy Spirit will minister to us to refresh and encourage us, to transform our mind, to soften our heart, to reveal the Father's will to us. He doesn't want us to be driven people. He wants us to be led, to be led by him, because it's in him that we live and move and have our being. And he calls us on always into a deeper intimacy with himself. I once heard a very good acronym for being busy. The letters stand for Bound Under Satan's Yoke. So whose yoke are we wearing? That of our enemy or that of our saviour Jesus? Who says to us, come to me all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. The reason Jesus said this is because constantly being busy robs us of our peace. It has a spiritual impact because it also robs us of our joy and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Keeping us busy and driven is definitely the work of Satan. He likes to keep our attention diverted from the Lord in a myriad of ways. He wants us to be self-sufficient, so busy that we just don't have quality time to spend with God. He wants to see us working in our own strength, so that we don't experience God's power working through us. Wrong decisions we make can end up costing us family time, peace of mind, financial stress, 
and sometimes broken relationships. And we become empty and dry and weak, trying to do everything in our own strength and it's exhausting. We're going to watch a video now, and this is not a memory lapse on my part, it's actually one we watched just before Christmas. And I've chosen it again because uh, the message is still important and a great illustration of the difference in our life when we stop to be still, to be with God. Please put aside every thought of Christmas. That's not what this is about. Christmas is just one example of what happens when we are overstretched. The real danger comes from the daily increase of workload and overcommitment. What we are looking at in this video is the miracle that takes place when we still our hearts and focus on the wonder of God. Thanks, Dave. So let's just take in those points that came up on the screen then. Slow down. Breathe deeply. Be still. Reflect. Worship. And recapture the wonder. Adore him. This isn't something we only do at Christmas. It's what we can do every single day. It is a need we have, and if we do it, we will know that same peace and joy that we sing about. Times of silence spent in the Father's presence are able to restore us spiritually, mentally, physically and emotionally because of his great love for us. And the way we experience his presence is through being still, being quiet, listening and waiting on God. Be still and know that I am God. When you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord.
In Mark 6.31, Jesus says to the disciples, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and I will give you rest. The disciples would have been weary with all of the walking and teaching, the jostling crowds, the constant scrutiny of the um, authorities and the Jewish teachers, and they needed some downtime. And Jesus knows our needs as he knew theirs. And he says that same thing to each one of us today. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. I have a favourite place where I go to. There's a bench in the, uh, in the National Park by the lake and I call it my Jesus chair. And it's especially peaceful and beautiful when the lake is still and there's reflections in the water. But I've had some really special times there with the Lord. I picture Jesus sitting next to me and I tell him everything that's on my heart. But I do need to talk less and listen more. I need to let him get a word in. But there are people in our church who have found the benefits of taking part in silent retreats, for example. And these types of retreats help our spiritual growth and will also guide our journey home. And they are beneficial because we have to clear us sorry, we have to clear our schedule to do them and we go away for a set time and find the space to think and to pray and to worship and to listen. And there is also the joy group who meet just to be with the Lord and they have a time of giving thanks, being silent after quietening and centering on Jesus so that they can hear from him. The most important thing is to get set some time aside just to be with him. The more we do it, the more we will want to do it because we always want to spend more time with someone that we love. How will we experience this kind of relationship with the Father if we never make time to be with him, to get to know him and to be able to recognise his voice? I can find it challenging. I go to my room, I listen to worship music, I spend some time reading the word and I pray, and in my prayer I ask God to speak to me, and then I sit and wait, and then my mind gets active thinking of things that need to be done and a list of other things I could go on and on about. And I'm sure that there might be others that can relate to that. It's not an easy thing to do. So I have a few things I want to share with you that may be of help in this quest if you have some of the struggles that I do. Right at the top of the list is to make a time when we can offer the best of ourselves to the Lord. It's of little value if we come when we are tired because we can nod off or when we are rushed because we will be looking at the clock. He deserves our full attention. Secondly, don't bring your phone into your prayer time with the Lord. It's very hard to ignore it. I can speak from experience. So now I leave mine in another room and check it when I'm finished. It can help to worship, listen to worship songs, and the ones that I find helpful are the ones that really touch my heart and help to draw me closer to God. Uh, they can have a relaxing effect that also helps us to focus on him. And follow your worship with silence or prayer, whichever the spirit leads you into, but make time for both. And offer prayers of praise, thanks and adoration, leaving pray praying for needs until the end. And also confess anything that the Holy Spirit might bring to mind. The thing I find most helpful is to pray in the spirit, 
and I can run out of words and thoughts, but when I use my prayer language, I very quickly feel the presence of the Lord and also fresh thoughts come to mind as he puts things on my heart to pray for. But you may have heard of a thing called journaling. Journaling simply is having a special book in which you record things that the Lord has said to you. It could be a scripture verse or a thought, uh, that inner voice that speaks to you. Uh, God uses the secular and the sacred in a way that is uniquely helpful to you. So he speaks through many different things. He can speak through movies or comments from people, a book. And I even know of a person who God spoke to through one of those massive great big billboards. And uh, these are all Holy Spirit inspired. When Ian Miller was with us a few years ago, he told us that we mostly hear God through spontaneous thoughts and we don't have to wait long for that to happen after we pray. And a thought or a word can quickly pop into your mind. A book I read called Dialogue with God recommended writing the thoughts down and this was based on the instruction given to the prophet Habakkuk to write down what he heard the Lord say. And I'd like to tell you about a significant experience I had using this journaling practice. I'd been praying for years for my dad to be saved and he had no time for the church or religion because his father was a mean man and had regularly beaten his mother. As I began to journal after another one of these times of praying for him, I wrote down the words that came to me when I'd finished. Continue praying for your father and speaking to him about me. When he knows me as his father, then he will be your brother. Even though I understood the relationship God was describing, I thought that was a very odd thing to say. And those words came back to me regularly over the years, but still didn't make any more sense. And I have to admit that they did make me question myself about the journaling and ask myself if it was was just me talking to myself. I still tried to talk to my dad about the Lord, but one day he just put up his hand and he said, please don't do that anymore. I don't want to hear it. And he had tears in his eyes. So I stopped talking to him about Jesus, but I still continued to pray. He went to hospital suddenly at the end of 2017. The last time I saw him, he was sitting up in bed, quite bright, and he asked me would I bring his glasses in the next day, his reading glasses, when I, next, next time I visited. The next morning at five o'clock, the hospital called me to say that he'd passed away during the night, and I was devastated, and I now believe that he was truly lost, and I'd always thought that there would be another opportunity to lead him to the Lord, and now it was gone. After a few days of deep grief and despair, in my prayer time I told the Lord of the pain that I was in and that I needed something from him to hang on to. Immediately, John 11.23 popped into my mind, just like that. I had absolutely no idea what that verse was, but opened my Bible and read, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And that was the verse in its entirety. So 21 years earlier, God told me Dad would be my brother and now he was saying that my brother would rise again. You can imagine my reaction and gratitude for that and 
I've always clung to the words that David Smythe sought. Uh, sorry, David Smythe often told us that between the saddle and the ground, mercy sought and mercy found. Dad died from a sudden undiagnosed problem which caused a hemorrhage and I don't know what took place in those intervening hours before he passed away. But I am truly believing and confident that he is now with the Lord. Thanks be to him. In sharing these things, I'm not saying you need to do what I do. I'm just offering some things for you to consider. God communicates with each one of us according to who we are and where we are at in our walk with him. The most important thing is that we have the desire to be with him, give him the opportunity to speak to us. Some people can find these sorts of things difficult because they don't feel worthy to be in the presence of God. But it helps to remember that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have Jesus who had some, the same temptations we do, but he never once gave in to them and sinned. So let us boldly come to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and to find grace in the time of need. When we meditate on that truth, we will be far more comfortable spending time with our Father who loves us and waits for us with open arms. Then we can focus on being still and knowing that he is God because we trust him. And we could ask, why should we draw near to God? What difference will it make? He knows what I'm thinking and needing, and that's true. But we do it because Jesus did. He's our example. And if anyone knew what Jesus was facing and what his needs were, God did. But if Jesus needed to pray, to spend time with the Father and hear his voice, so do we. Yes, God does know what we are thinking about and what we are needing, but he also wants us to use this time of stillness to prepare us for his service. In Hebrews 13 we read, May the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. As I said earlier, our best service to others will come from the time we spend with him. He will equip us and will work in us what is pleasing to him. I think having that focus would certainly change my praying. It's not about me. It's all about what pleases him and I need to know his will for me. This is something that will take time and practice but the results will bring great joy as we begin to recognise his voice the voice of the God of heaven, our Father, and feel his presence because he is so worthy of our time and attention. And can you just imagine for one moment what it must be like for God when one of his children just wants to be with him, when a child of God just comes to him and wants nothing more than to silently sit with him, express our love for him and not ask for things. Can you imagine the smile on his face? Thanks, Bib. You know when your whole being is pulsating with vigorous and divine freshness of life. And you also know when you feel jaded and worn. 
but quietness and absorption will bring that refreshing dew. At night when the leaf and the blade are still, the pores of the plants are open to receive a refreshing and an invigorating bath. Similarly, spiritual dew is received in the same way, by quietly lingering in the Master's presence. Get still before him. Haste will prevent you from receiving. So come before God and be saturated with his presence, and then go forth into your next duty, but with the conscious freshness and vigour of Christ. Be still and know that I am God. As we um, play and sing this song, I just encourage you to come in the spirit of reflection. Allow God to speak with you. Feel free to continue sitting. Feel free to stand if you feel that's what you should do. This is just about allowing God to either to touch you and speak with you, to offer your prayers. And as Carol was saying, just coming in the silence and and just enabling that time with God. Thank you, Lord, that whatever, wherever we're at right now, that you enjoy us, that you enjoy that time that you get, whatever we we can uh, engage in in this busy world. Thank you, Lord, that you're presence is just so amazing and wonderful that we can experience your love that you're our father and we are your children thank you Lord that we can come before you now
Thanks. Thanks, music team. And thank you, thank you, Carol, uh, for bringing us a, a great word in season. I think it's often the beginning of the year we take stock about what our focus will be, um, what we might want to achieve, um, how we achieve balance. But um, a great, great message. Certainly the Lord wants to do amazing things with us. Um, but it's always got to be in the context of actually having the time with him. Um, perhaps all, all, at times counterintuitively where we just want to just get on and do things, but he's actually calling us to spend time uh, in silence, in prayer and in study with him. And, and from that, I think he can actually use that to, to equip us, uh, to direct us. So the things that we do do are actually those things that he, he wants us to do, uh, those things that are going to cause the greatest blessing, the greatest influence and impact. So, yeah, really appreciate that, Carol. Um, I think my, my prayer for each of us t- today is as we go out into the week and put those those words and those teaching in the practice, we'll just know uh, our relationship with God that uh, is growing, it's, it's personal, it's intimate, uh, and that he will just give us great encouragement and, and direction through that. Um, so just in terms of a few few closing uh, notes as well um, just also mindful that um, the passing of Anthony Moore's uh, dad um, you just know that you and your family in our prayers uh, please be mindful uh, yeah as you pray this week um, for for Anthony and Christy and the, the family more broadly uh, the other thing is if you've come this morning wanting prayer or perhaps the Lord's spoken to you this morning through through the worship or through the message, uh, something you'd like someone to just be with you and pray through an issue. Uh, our team are available. It's just a matter of sort of turning turning right rather than going out the, the entrance door and then the first little office on the left there is a, a spot where you can just sit and pray. Um, and I reckon that that pretty much finishes all the formalities this morning. Just encourage you to, to hang about afterwards and just catch up for a, a bit of a chat uh, or a coffee or a drink as well. Looking forward to seeing you all next week. And, yeah, just, just pray that the Lord will be, be with you in ways that uh, will surprise and encourage you as you go through this week. Um, thanks for being a part of the service this morning. All good. Thanks. Thank you.